Welcome back to the Australian Rotary Health podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and today on episode 28, I will be having a chat with Associate Professor Mark Boyes about his mental health research findings. Dr. Boyes is an Associate Professor at the School of Psychology at Curtin University. His research interests span health, developmental and clinical psychology with the overarching aim of understanding how both individual differences as well as social and community related variables are related to psychological, social, educational and health related outcomes across the lifespan. Associate Professor Boyes is particularly interested in individual differences in cognitive and self-regulatory processes such as appraisal, coping, and emotional regulation, and their potential links with emotional vulnerability. In 2018, Mark received an Australian Rotary Health Mental Health Research Grant for his project, Promoting Mental Health in Children with Dyslexia, piloting the Clever Kids program, which we will go into more about today. So thank you very much, Mark, for joining me on today's podcast episode. Uh, I hope you had a, a lovely new year and Christmas break. Yeah, no, it was great already feels like like a while ago but yeah no I hope you had a good break as well yeah, yeah I did yeah thank you it always goes too fast though doesn't it <laughs> um, I know that you've had a, a couple of articles published recently on your research so I'm very excited to hear more about those findings today but I guess first off um, just so that everyone has a bit of background can you um, tell us what your mental health research grant project was about and and maybe what led you to pursue this area of research Sure. So um, the grant that we got was to, to trial a mental health um, promotion program designed specifically for children with reading difficulties or, or dyslexia. Um, and really, we wanted to, to have a look. It was a pilot trial, and we wanted to have a look at the feasibility of recruiting children um, into the program um, to have a look at if attending the program improved um, children's coping skill, skills, um, self-esteem and mental health outcomes. And to get a bit of a sense of if the, the children found the program acceptable, what they liked and didn't like about the program. Um, so that was sort of the, the, what, what the funding was for. Um, and in terms of sort of why we were interested in that, I suppose, um, my research is really very, very broadly in, in, in the space of um, youth mental health. But my background is also in educational or, or school psychology. Um, and I work very closely with speech pathologists um, and with Dyslexia Spelled Foundation um, here in WA. Um, and in partnership with, with DSF, we've been researching links between reading difficulties and mental health for a while now. Um, and we know that children who struggle with reading are at much higher risk of emotional problems, both anxiety and depression, um, but also behavioral problems. Um, and there's really increasing demand from parents um, for services in this area. Um, but one of the problems in the area is that um, basically to access the, the curriculum of lots of the existing programs, you need reasonable literacy skills. Um, so, which makes it a little bit difficult for, for kids who struggle with reading. Mm. Um, so as part of the, their sort of clinical services, um, the Dyslexia Spell Foundation have developed Clever Kids, which is a program specifically designed to be accessible for kids um, with reading difficulties. And it's a small group 
program that really one of the, the, the key things is giving children the opportunity to meet other children who may also be struggling with reading and, and writing. Um, so really that was sort of the background um, to, to the development and, and, the, um, and the piloting of, of the program. Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely sounds like a very important study. And um, I guess, you know, at the time, like what were some of the, the research questions that you wanted to answer, like when going about this project? Um, really, I suppose the main thing was we, we knew that there was demand from, from parents for programs like this, but sort of the, on the one hand, there's demand, but on the other hand, is, is it feasible to, to sort of actually evaluate um, the program in, in a rigorous randomized design. Um, so that was one of the first things was, um, could we recruit um, families into the program? And for those families that were randomly allocated to the wait list condition, so who didn't get the intervention straight away, would, would they stay in the program? Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first thing. Um, and then sort of the, the second thing was for the kids that did attend the program, um, was attending the program associated with improvements in things like coping skills and, and emotion regulation, self-esteem and, and mental health outcomes. Um, and then finally, really, um, did children like the program? What did they like? What didn't they like? What, would, what could we improve to make it better and, and more accessible for, 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 uh, for children so that if we were going to do a bigger trial, we'd know what we could improve? Absolutely. Um, so I guess, would you say that um, your research project was one of the first um, in this area? Like ha have many um, projects like this been done before? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's definitely the first to evaluate this specific program. Mm -hmm. um, it's also sort of, to the best of our knowledge, probably the first trial to, to use a rigorous um, sort of randomized design um, to evaluate a mental health program for children with reading difficulties. There, ha there have been some other programs that have been implemented and tested using just um, designs where assessments are taken pre and post um, attending the intervention. But really one of the things that we were really, um, really keen to do was to include a control group so that we could actually compare um, uh, across the kids who did and didn't get the program. Um, to see if attending the program had any effects. And I think one of the, the findings from our uh, study really was just how critical it is to include a control group in these sorts of studies. Yeah. Well, um, I know that you have been sit, um, sitting on these findings for, for a little while now, like just to, to get that green light to be able to share them. So I guess, what did you find from this project now that you can talk about it? Okay. Well, I suppose in terms of infeasibility, um, we had absolutely no trouble in, in recruiting into the trial. So um, basically the, the Dyslexia Spell Foundation, who we partner with, sent out an email through their database. And we had about, I think over a quarter of families who received the email responded um, okay. to the email. Um, and we were able to recruit into the study just simply through that single email um, uh, invitation. We didn't need to go to any other service providers or, or do any other sort of publicizing on social media or anything like that. So I think consistent with kind of what I was saying before, I think there really is sort of demand for these sorts of services, particularly for kids who, who are struggling with, with literacy. Yeah. Um, so so that, that was sort of fantastic and really um, indicates, I think, the feasibility of, of um, conducting a bigger trial moving forward. Mm. Um, in terms of the actual effects of the program, um, 
attending the program in, uh, improved the children's coping skills. Um, so there was a, a significant reduction in the use of unhelpful strategies like avoiding problems or, or not telling people about their problems or, or blaming themselves for their problems mm -hmm. sort of and this was maintained at, at sort of the three-month follow-up so the design that we used was um, we randomized children to either receive the intervention or not mm -hmm. and we assessed them immediately pre-intervention post-intervention and at a, at a three-month follow-up um, and the, the improvements in coping were maintained at, at the three-month follow-up, which, which we thought was really exciting. Yeah. Um, attending Clever Kids, there was also some promising findings for self-esteem and emotional problems, um, but the effects were smaller for these, and we need to be a little bit cautious in, in sort of the interpretation of them. Mm -hmm. But it, it appears that the children who attended the program, their self-esteem improved at the immediately after attending the program, but that wasn't maintained at the three-month follow-up. So we, we're thinking about the possibility of maybe building in some booster sessions or, or um, to see if we can maintain those improvements over time. Um, and then parents, so we, we got both child and parent report, um, and parents reported um, reductions in children's emotion, emotional problems um, post the intervention, and these were also maintained three months later, but the effects were much smaller than, than the effects for coping. So, yeah. but really, I think um, uh, quite sort of promising findings thinking about moving forward. Yeah, uh, I suppose the other thing going back to feasibility was that their um, attendance rates were, were really, really good. So this is a program that, that kids attend after school in small groups. And the vast majority of kids attended most of the sessions. So we were really happy with, with the attendance rates. So um, sometimes in these sorts of studies where there's um, multiple sessions, you, you can be a bit hit and miss in terms of the, the attendance, which can make it really difficult to then do the evaluation. Um, and then the, the kids really liked the program. So we asked them at each session how enjoyable they found it, how useful they found it. Um, and at the end of the, the, the research project, we did some really in-detailed like, um, interviews and focus groups with kids who had attended the program. And the overwhelming sort of takeaway message was that the kids really, really liked the program. Yeah. Um, they really liked anything that wasn't to do with reading and writing, unsurprisingly. So anything that involved bodily movement or focusing on, on, on bodily sensations or getting up from the de desks and doing activities that involved moving around the room. Um, but yeah, the, the, the negative feedback was all around anything that really reminded them of being at school. So obviously yeah. there's in a program like this, there's some component that needs to sort of involve the, the uh, communication of information. So we're going to have a think about whether we can even further reduce um, a, a, uh, any of the, the reliance on reading and writing in the program. Um, yes. But that's uh, something to think about moving forward. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've learned a lot from this study and, and you've found some really promising findings as well. So I guess moving on from, from this pilot trial, um, are you... <coughs> planning to extend it? Have you have you got more funding to kind of do a bigger trial now? Or is that just something that's in the works? Uh, so so we, we're definitely planning a, a bigger trial. Um, I, I was fortunate to receive some NHMRC funding as, as part of an investigator grant um, in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the aspects of that is is to, to do a bigger trial. So we're hoping probably not this year, but maybe next year um, to, to start that. Um, yeah. where we'd like to double the sample size if we can. 
Yeah, well, that sounds very exciting. Um, I, I guess as well, um, so like from what you've learned so far, how do you think that these findings may be used to help improve the mental health of, of young children? It, is this something that could be implemented into clinical practice as well? Yeah, I think the the findings, I think, definitely can be used to help improve mental health. I mean, obviously, it's, it's really early days, um, but I think the improvements in coping skills, which, which um, came out really clearly, is, is, is quite exciting because we know from the, from the broader research on coping and mental health that a reliance on the sorts of strategies that, that were reduced after attending the program is associated with the development of, of mental health problems in children and adolescents. So sort of improving the skill set and the toolbox, I think, is, is, a, is a, a really important um, finding. And it would be really nice to kind of to, to have some designs with longer term follow ups to see if that has, has a sort of a, a prevention effect over time. Um, in terms of implementation um, and, and sort of clinical uh, in being implemented into clinical practice, uh, the program is currently being manualized um, and DSF, the, the community partner, so the Dyslexia Spell Foundation, um, do offer the program as part of its clinical services. So, so yes, definitely it's something that could be and I think is being implemented um, into clinical practice. Um, but obviously alongside that, we'll build in more um, uh, evaluation just to, to make sure that the effects are there. Yeah, well, it sounds like it can definitely, um, yeah, go very far in, in helping young children who have these reading and learning difficulties. So, yeah, it sounds like it's a very important program. Um, I know that our Rotarians, who um, they're some of our biggest supporters, they really love to hear about the findings from the research projects that they fund. And I, I guess um, as a researcher, how important is it to receive funding for your research into mental health? Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely critical, and I think um, the the funding from Australian Rotary Health and the support of the Rotarians across Australia has been sort of fundamental to to the research that we do. Um, I think particularly without uh, Rotary Health's willingness to fund development and the initial piloting um, of programs such as Clever Kids, it would be really really difficult to generate evidence um, for, for these sorts of programs. Um, because securing funding at that initial development stage um, and piloting and evaluation is really, really difficult. Um, but it's absolutely like critical to getting um, that early stage, to get that early stage of development right, if you're gonna underpin the larger trials that you need to really establish the evidence base for a program. Um, and without this sort of pilot work, um, giving sort of that initial confidence in the program, then securing funding from, from big large funders like the research councils is, is just about impossible. So I think uh, Rotary Health fills a, a very, very critical um, uh, space in the funding landscape in, in mental health research, because um, I know uh, that Australian Rotary Health does fund bigger projects as well, but, but for, for those of us who are in the early stages of developing programs, it's one of the few sources where we, where we can go this looks really promising. We need we need some some pilot data here to to really um, drive the space forward. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 been critical to to our research in this area. Yeah, well, it's been really great to hear about your research today and 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 what's come from it. That's yeah, it's definitely great to see the outcomes from from the funding and and the personal stories behind it. So, yeah, it's it's been great to have you on. I, I guess before we wrap up today, was there anything else that you'd like to add? 
I, I think just thank you for the opportunity to, to, to discuss the project. It's, sometimes as researchers, we kind of get so focused in the research, it's, it's really nice to have the opportunity to communicate back um, and, and to let people know what we've been doing and what we found. And I suppose, again, just a really huge thanks to Australian Rotary Health and, and Rotarians across the country for, for funding the research. It's, it's, it's hugely appreciated. Yeah, well, no worries. Well, thanks again, Mark. It's been great to have you on. Thank you. That was the 28th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like Mark's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time. Thank you.